Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Nature Notes with our naturalist friend Jim Gilbert, brought to us by Cardinal Corner and by the art patio furniture. We'll talk to Jim in just moments. I want to talk a little bit, if I may, about the fall birding tips from Pam and Lee at Cardinal Corner. Uh, they remind us close up those purple martin houses, preventing sparrows and starlings from entering, and keep out the bird baths. You might put out white millet to attract migrating birds. Uh, They say grackles continue to leave, goldfinches continue to molt. And please keep bird feeders clean to prevent diseases. You know, the birds, they just love the seed from Cardinal Corner. It is the freshest. In fact, the folks there will help you choose the right seed to attract the birds you want to attract from. One pound to 50 pound bags. They have custom mixes, their own recipes to bring you the best birds to your backyard. And by the way, if you have not subscribed to their newsletter, it's a monthly newsletter. It's free. Just subscribe online at cardinalcorner.com. A lot of great tips from that newsletter. Cardinal Corner, by the way, opens seven days a week. Stop in. See Lee and Pam. They're in West St. Paul, Butler and South Robert. Amy is at the Newport Center. You'll find out that Cardinal Corner really is more than just a bird seed store. Good morning, Jim. It is officially 46 on this Sunday morning. 46. Okay. I'm writing that down. Do they say anything about the wind? Uh, it's right now northwest of 24, but gusting to 40. 24 to 40 northwest. Yeah. Wow. Boy, it's been roaring here all night. <laughs> yes, I heard <laughs> it too, way. yeah. Yes. Um, just starting to get light here. 42 degrees, partly cloudy, strong northwest winds here in the northwest side of Lake Waconia, about 30 miles west of downtown Minneapolis. Sunrise today, 7.46, sunset, 6.07. And next weekend, we start with Central Standard Time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So today in the Twin Cities area, we have 10 hours, 21 minutes of daylight. We have, we've been losing daylight at the rate of about, oh, a few seconds less than three minutes per day. So we've lost 20 minutes of daylight since last Sunday, and now five hours and 15 minutes is the total daylight loss since the summer solstice on June 21st. We still have one hour and 35 minutes of daylight to lose by December 21st, the winter solstice, and first day of astronomical winter in the northern hemisphere. Today, October 28th, we have the same amount of daylight as last February 12th. Normal high for today is 52, normal low 35. Records for today, October 28th in the Twin Cities, high 75. Boy, that would feel good. 75 back in 1948. The low uh, for this date, 17, was hit twice, 1905 and 1925, 17 degrees for the low. Most precipitation ever fallen in this state was recorded 
1874, 1.97 inches. And the most snow, 0.4 inch, 1895. We're lucky to have these records going way back. And uh, now, uh, starting next year, the records will be for 200 years. Wow. The waning gibbous moon sets at 11.56 um, this morning, just before noon, and will rise again at 9.22 this evening. Last quarter moon is on Halloween. That's this coming Wednesday, the 31st. And the next full moon is Thanksgiving Day, November 22nd. One of the state's most remarkable winter storms occurred uh, October 31st to November 3rd. I remember it very well. 1991, I was teaching in Hopkins. But um, this is called the Halloween blizzard. And at least 30 communities in Minnesota reported 20 or more inches of snow snowfall, including the amounts like 28.4 inches in the Twin Cities and 36.9 inches in Duluth. Incredible. We can still find little and big pockets of fall colors to enjoy. Golden yellows continue to be seen on some sugar maples, quaking aspens, and eastern cottonwood trees. Reds on a few sumacs and red or dogwood shrubs. Dark reds and rich browns on pin oaks and red oaks and smoky gold foliage on the tamaracks. Um, on churches and schools and other buildings, we see Boston ivy vines that still display fall color mostly in the reds. A fairly common shrub called the burning bush, also winged euonymus, is, still has that fiery rose red uh, foliage. Those leaves are gorgeous. The last two I talked about, um, Boston ivy and the winged euonymus, are native to parts of China, Korea, and Japan. We continue to see flocks of American robins hunting on our lawns and feeding on wild grapes and juniper berries and crab apples. Bittersweet vines have dropped their leaves, leaving the bright orange fruit. Lawns are still nice and green. This week marks the normal peak of the leaf raking season. Leaves can be shredded with a mower and then left on, on the lawn if it's not too thick or put into flower beds and vegetable gardens to enrich the soil and help hold the moisture. Chrysanthemums keep on blooming and adding color to fall gardens. They can withstand some frost and a temperature as low as 28 degrees for several hours and keep flowering. I've been watching leopard frogs lately. They're um, moving back into lakes and ponds and slow-moving streams where they'll hibernate. American goldfinches are in their somber winter dress, looking mostly brownish. In southern Minnesota, Franklin's gulls and ringbill gulls follow farmers uh, doing fall plowing, and they, these gulls are picking up worms and other small animals in the soil. The information on sunrise and sunset times and weather history, astronomy, and phonology, which I've been doing um, using this morning, is available in the Freshwater Society's Minnesota Weather Guide Environment Calendars. The 2019 editions of both the wall and engagement calendars are available in many um, book, gift, and wild bird stores throughout Minnesota. 
such as Cherry Street Books in Alexandria and Christine's Hallmark in Elk River and McIntyre's Fine Foods here in Waconia. Now, next Saturday, November 3rd, I'll be at McIntyre's Fine Foods in Waconia signing weather guides. I've been, and that I'll be there from 11 to 1. I've been the weather guide, one of the weather guide authors for 42 years. I, I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> I can't either. What a privilege to be able to, to be a part of that that publication. Talk to Danny and Lynn Havlicek uh, from Havlicek Orchard, located about six miles north and east of New Prague. They, I talked to them last night. They continue to pick the well-known late-season apples, Harrelson, Fireside, and Keepsake. And they report this has been a very good apple year. Today, for the last time, their orchard is open for pick your own from 1030 to 5. And Denny will be selling apples at Kingfield Neighborhood Farmers Market at 43rd and Nicollet in Minneapolis from 8 to 1. You know, I noticed one thing this morning. Our furniture is not blowing around. <laughs> that's the outdoor furniture. Oh, no. No, that's not going to happen. I don't care how windy no, it is. It, ha- it hasn't moved a millimeter. <laughs> but And it still looks new, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, we're talking about buy-the-art patio furniture. Jim and I tell you about this CCO Land Company. Um, Deb and Rogers started many years ago. I think it's close to 24 years ago now, uh, that's Jim. Great. Yeah, it really is something. And they're, that's all they do, and they do it so well. Uh, that, that and, and Jim and I urge you, if you have the chance, and it's a quick drive, I, it's like 15 minutes, I think, from 494 and 169. It's a quick drive mm-hmm. down 169. Right. It's not that far past the, the Chaska turnoff. You no. just keep going on 169, and you'll see the building on the left side. As you're heading south, absolutely. Yep. And, and I find it interesting, Jim, that on average I found out they sent me this information. People replace their patio sets every two to three years. That's not by the yard patio furniture. That's the no. other stuff. Uh, by the yard, again, it's a CCLN family run business. You buy by the yard, it's going to be the last patio set uh, that you're going to buy. You just keep adding pieces to it. If you like those Adirondack style chairs, I know, Jim, a lot of folks do. They've, you'll find 11 different ones starting at 359 I, I mean, this is good stuff. I mean, it's, it's probably, I would say, given a 35 year warranty, it's without a doubt, in my opinion, it's the best patio furniture your money can buy. You're never going right. to buy anything else once you experience Buy the Yard. Uh, they're experts in the industry, and Jim and I urge you, check out that uh, the, the showroom down on 169 and join. Huge showroom. Uh, and if you're not sure of the directions, uh, a lot of folks after Jim's show get on the web at buytheyard.net. Request that free catalog. It's got directions and colors and all sorts of stuff in that uh, catalog. So get on the web. Uh, at buytheyard.net. See what Jim and I talk about every week. Uh, uh, this this is just great. The best pa- patio furniture your money can buy. You'll find out that that's absolutely true. All right, Jim, what else do you have this morning? Oh, um, yeah, I was just thinking of the furniture. It, our, it rained yesterday, so ours looks, it looks so nice. Nice right and now. clean, yeah. Yes. Mary Brislance from Lutzen reports that she is still seeing many snow buntings, Lapland longspurs and horn larks, these are migrants from the north. And the first fox sparrow arrived at her feeding station this past week. 
This past Thursday, the 25th, Mary drove down the North Shore and west and, you know, a little south to Brainerd and back. That's a 400-mile trip. But one thing she, she, she really noticed, she said, she took note, the many tamarack trees growing in wetlands that were displaying this beautiful smoky gold foliage. Wow. I, I know what she means because I, we got a chance to see it too. Art and Barb Straub, two long-time naturalists and educators from Lesur Henderson, uh, lately report a flock of cedar waxwings eating crabapple trees, four opossums up in an apple tree, <laughs> and eastern bluebirds lined up on utility wires, and a, and a still active wood frog. Art and Barb um, saw the last two monarch butterflies of the year. They flew by, and they said they flew by their exhausted flower beds. In other words, there weren't a lot of flowers left. That was 10 days ago, October 18th. And uh, it was a a sunny afternoon, warm temperatures in the low 70s. Well, I hope those two monarchs made it. Not all the way to Mexico yet, because they can only go 11 miles an hour, but they're on their way. And talking about monarchs, this is the week. The first migrating monarchs are expected to arrive in their wintering grounds on the mountainsides in the state of Michoacan, west of Mexico City. It's always a, a big deal when they, when they arrive there. Tim Grady reports from the Lanesboro area that autumn is a season for brown trout to spawn. They are now spawning in shallow flowing stream waters. He photographed a pair of brown trout in the process of process of depositing eggs and milk in their red. It's, it's spelled R-E-D-D. Now, that's a nest in the pebbles and sand that they excavate, moving their tails back and forth. Also, Tim Grady notes that numerous bald eagles are migrating through the valleys now. A number of red-breasted nuthatches arrived from the north the first part of September and have been foraging and the old-growth white pines all fall. Red oaks are displaying reds and browns, and aspens still have golden yellow leaves. That's in the Lanesboro area. Diane and Dave Herring, who live near Waterville, report that farmers in their area made great progress this past week with a harvest of soybeans and corn. And uh, it looks like All the soybeans and most of the corn has been combined in their area. This past Wednesday, the 24th, Sandy Knight traveled through parts of western Wisconsin like New Richmond, Connorsville, Prairie Farm, and Ridgeland. Farmers were busy combining both corn and soybeans. The native tamaracks in low areas displayed the beautiful smoky gold needle-like leaves. Some quaking aspens were still showing golden yellow leaves, and the red oaks displayed rich tones of brown. And even the the smaller red oaks had red leaves on them. Naturalist Matt Shute reports from his home in Golden Valley. Last Sunday morning at daybreak, the air temperature was 27 degrees in their yard. And by 10 a.m., 90% of the leaves on the big ginkgo tree had dropped. Now, that's the critical temperature, I guess, the 27 degrees, because our next-door neighbors have a big ginkgo tree, 
the leaves are still on it. They're still green, but they are starting to turn yellow. And Matt said this year the ginkgo trees didn't leaves didn't get a chance to turn to the yellow stage, and they dropped while still green. I noticed the same thing in Waconia yesterday or last Sunday morning. Ginkgo leaves just falling from the trees. Matt Shute notes that 15 species of birds are coming to their backyard feeding station, including lots of dark-eyed juncos, morning doves, white-throated sparrows, fox sparrows, and I should mention, all of these like to feed on the ground. So sometimes you get discouraged if you only have one small feeder that's above, but if you put some food on the ground, these birds are going to find it. They also have a red-breasted nuthatch from the north. Ray and Marlene Simon, who live on the edge of Northfield, report that both red and white oaks are displaying reds and golden brown leaves. And they said it's a nice contrast with the green spruces and pines. And, and Ray also told me something interesting yesterday. See if I can find it here. He said that the... Um, on September 20th, the National Weather Service has confirmed 21 tornadoes. One was in Wisconsin, 20 in Minnesota, and seven of those in Rice County where they live. And the breakdown with that is that that's the most tornadoes in the month of September in Minnesota, and it all happened in one day. And uh, they had a lot of damage in their yard, but they're they're recovering. They're doing a lot of work, cutting up a lot of trees, and they've even replanted five new trees. Ray and Marlene um, have 15 species of birds coming to their feeding station, including white-throated sparrows and dark-eyed juncos, which are the most numerous and feed on the ground, as I mentioned, and up to eight northern cardinals coming at one time. And I should mention also that northern cardinals like to eat on the ground. Tom and Lisa Bovers from Fairboat report their bittersweet vine has bright, dark red fruit. This past Thursday and Friday, that'd be October 26 and 27, about 15 pine siskins arrived and were eating seeds from the paper birch tree in their backyard. Also, they've head up to 100 cedar waxwings feeding on fruit from hackberry trees and junipers. Is also in their backyard and using their backyard bird bath, drinking lots of water. That's and I should mention that too. Birds this time of the year and through winter really need the water. So if you can can possibly get one of these heated bird baths, you're going to enjoy watching all the activity there. Last Sunday, Tom Bover saw a flock of about 40 migrating water pipits. These are small brownish birds with white ends on the sides of their tails. These tail-wagging birds were in a farm pasture that had very short grass. Tom and Lisa Bovers are feeding quite a few dark-eyed juncos, white-throated sparrows, uh, and white-throated white sparrows at their feeding station. They also had, had red-breasted nuthatches, a couple of them, but they, like, took off in the last week or so. They don't know where they are. <laughs> but that's that's the way migrants are. They can, you know, come and go. 
Well, that's all I've got. Okay. Well, you know, before you go, Jim, I, I want to make a mention a couple of observations from our listeners. Uh, Cheryl from Lakeville said she and her husband uh, on the 24th, so four days ago, uh, found a couple, a pair of uh, bluebirds at their home. Hey, that's great. Bluebirds are still hanging around a bit. On the 24th. And then we uh, got a notice that uh, in Brooklyn Center yesterday at their home, they saw some red-winged blackbirds, like you had mentioned before. I did, too. We're singing like springtime. Mm. Love that sound. (laughs) Well, let's... I always love that sound myself. I'll tell you what, Jim, let's uh, have another show next week. Look forward to it. Have a good week, Jim. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now. Jim Gilbert back next Sunday morning with more Nature Notes. Get your questions ready for Dr. Hilden. It's going to be an open line show on Healthy Matters straight ahead. Here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.